Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Kramer. And I'm Brittany Labby. And this is More Than a Season podcast. With the help of men and women across all sports and levels, we dive deep into the highs and lows of the sports industry. No topic is off limits as we discuss the struggles and stereotypes while celebrating the successes and community that comes with this lifestyle. So whether you're a coach's or athlete's significant other or just enjoy talking about sports, you are welcome here. Let's take a look beyond the season and get started with today's episode. What's going on, everyone? Hello. Hello. And we are back. We've just spent like the past five minutes trying to say hello. (laughs) We're trying to come up with like a really fun and catchy intro of introducing ourselves in the podcast and giving y'all a name. Yeah, we were like, do we say more than a season fam? Tribe? I don't know. Squad? We can't figure out a name. So if y'all can help us out, we're struggling. Yeah. We're trying to just really come up with something that's all encompassing for our group and our community. So if you think of anything, let us know because we want to give y'all a great name that we can refer to our community as. And I don't know. We're just really struggling. Yeah, we're struggling. We started laughing. I was like, what about squad? And Brittany just stared at me. I was like, okay, not squad. (laughs) We're not going to go with squad. But yeah, if y'all could come up with something, that's great. But as promised, we have a review to shout out. Thank you so much, Caitlin McNally, for sending in your review. And we really appreciate it. So I'm just going to read it. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. So super awesome review. She gave us five stars. So that's a start. Literally left the sweetest (laughs) review. I read it this morning and it just made me so excited. Yeah. She said before this podcast, I felt so alone as a coach's wife. I feel like I was only one going through the roller coaster ride of going to games, managing the house while he works long hours and the unknown of his day to day schedule. More than a season has created a community for coaches' wives, significant others, players' wives, as many as more in the sports industry. They encourage me to get more involved and not shy away from putting myself out there with the other wives. I love their content, topics, and interviews. All so relatable. It really helped me get through our first big cross-country move. Will you go, girl? You are so sweet. Seriously, that is such a thoughtful review. And we really, really appreciate you taking the time to write all of that. And just a reminder for all of you out there, it really does help us if you just pause where you're at right here in this episode and scroll down and follow us and write a review. Even if it's just short, it doesn't have to be that lengthy. It does help us on the business side of things as we are trying to grow this community called super fans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a good start. Super fans. <laughs> we can't figure Season it out. Season ticket holders. Season ticket holders. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. But, but yes, it does help us in all, in all seriousness. It really does help us. And it really does just make our day honestly as well. So we appreciate you, Caitlin McNally. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. Hopefully we said it right, but I guess we will find out when you send us a message, <laughs> but I was in Miami last week. Yeah. I had never been before. I went for an event and the event life looks so glamorous. And as you know, Brittany, we work long hours. Mm-hmm. So it's like, great, you're staying at this beautiful place, but here's a conference room and you're waking up at 5 a.m. every day. Yeah, it's exhausting. You don't realize how much like you have to be on the whole time. And then after the event, you're like, oh my gosh, I am exhausted now. Like you don't realize it in the moment, I feel like. Yeah, I've never been to Miami. And honestly, I I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's not my cup of tea. The amount of I don't know if it's the stores or what it is, but first, like you, you walk across the street to the mall and you're like, oh, 
casual, there's Cartier or casual <laughs> Tiffany's. And there's people like waiting in line to go shop and good for them. But I just saw that and it's kind of overwhelming. Like when you're looking at it, Yeah. but yeah, our group had a, a really great time and it went really well, but I came back and I just like crashed because I was so tired. I know you were gone for so long and you're leaving again this week and we were just joking because it's just been a fall where I feel like both of us are constantly traveling and of course last year we weren't and we were here mm -hmm. this whole time and so it's just been a crazy time trying to fit work in and the podcast and doing all of the things we've just been super busy around here. Yeah, very busy, but I am going this weekend. I'm going to go visit. I have twin sisters. If you have listened to some of our episodes, <laughs> I mentioned twin identical sisters. They are at Oklahoma State. And so I'm going back and there's so many traditions with homecoming. I know you're going back for homecoming. That's so fun because it's your alma mater. Mm -hmm. And what is what's your favorite tradition that you guys had there? Yeah, so homecoming is really, really big. And I, I know that y'all that saw on the stories, like from high school, like the the mums and everything, yeah. <laughs> they don't do that. Don't worry, Oklahoma State. But we have these huge house decks and it's really cool because if you've never seen it, stop what you're doing right now and Google Oklahoma State homecoming house decks or decks, whatever it is. And it's tissue paper and giant sections of chicken wire. And we're just pumping these huge pictures. So it's usually like the Greek life and other like communities, whether it be like clubs or things like that. But you make these huge pictures and it's for people to walk around on Friday before the game. So explain what you mean by pomping, because I literally have no idea what that means. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what it was either. I was like, what in the world? So there is tissue paper that's cut into little bitty squares and basically they're color coded. So it'll be like a purple pile of green, like whatever colors it are, like it is. And there is a computer system that takes these photos that say you have a picture of Pistol Pete, which is the mascot. And the picture gets put into this like computer system. And out comes this grid that is like a key that you would put to chicken wire. So the chicken mm -hmm. wire is hanging up. And once you have the tissue paper you create a key. So it'll say like in row one, it looks like a giant Excel spreadsheet. In row one, it'll say star, heart, circle. And so on the wall in the houses, the Greek houses that are doing this, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. There's a key and it'll be like, okay, heart is purple tissue paper. Star is orange tissue paper. And so you have to go line by line, square by square and pomp the tissue paper to make this giant picture. That's insane. I feel mm -hmm. like it's so crazy that you guys take the time to do that. And all of these people like walk around and see all these works of art, honestly, like that's a lot of time and energy. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And it's crazy because the budget for the tissue paper is like $15,000. It's insane. Like I remember being a senior and being like, we spend how much on paper, but that's it's beautiful crazy. and people come and watch and you basically compete against the other fraternities and sororities and it's like bragging rights. So you have to have moving parts too. So like some of them have a waterfall, others have lights, others have stuff. So it's pretty cool. So I'm excited to see it. Did you guys ever win? Oh, we got second place. Oh. We got second place. I'm claiming politics, <laughs> <laughs> fraternities and sororities. But no, we, we did get really close, but some of them are insane. It's like just so, so cool. cool. I think that's such a cool concept. I think college traditions are so interesting to me and being in the SEC I've really seen a lot more than I've seen other places and I, you know I never really was a college football fan until I met Drew and I'm in this whole college football world I was always NFL and so 
it's so interesting to see all these traditions. I was just talking to Ashley about how I was watching the Alabama game over the weekend and they played Tennessee, which I also didn't know that they were rivals. Like I didn't know it was a rival game. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. It's a huge rival game and been going on for years and years. And the winner, like whoever wins the game, those people smoke cigars in the stands. And so you're watching the game and the whole entire stadium is just covered in smoke. And I just thought that was the craziest tradition. First of all, when was that like I know develop they were like, hey, in. pass these around. Like yeah. I don't yeah. when did you develop the tradition of smoking a cigar? Obviously a long time ago. And then when did traditions like fade out? And when do they kind of go to like a new tradition? <laughs> yeah. You know, being at Washington State and being in the Alumni Association, they have their fight song. And I think it's interesting talking to some of the people that were at Washington State a long time ago. Like we have our reunions and these sweet, sweet people come and they are telling us all about how it was when they were here. And they changed the fight song and they added like this, oh, and they like swing their <laughs> arms. And all these people were saying how crazy it was that they added and changed like the oh, oh. from their fight song. And I just think, yeah, I, would I never wonder, yeah, that. I wonder if traditions like morph or if they just completely go away. I don't know. And Texas Tech has one. I think it's them. So nobody come after me if I'm wrong. But they throw tortillas on the field. Or some, one of them, they have a tortilla, tortillas in the stands. I'm like, <laughs> who came up with that? And I who am, brings the tortillas? And who, yeah, is it just one person that's like the tortilla master? I have no idea. I bet you it started that way. I'm just so curious. I was talking to Ashley. I'm like, I think it would be so fun if we did an episode, like just a fun easy episode where we talked about all the different college traditions that yeah people submit and have done and things like that I think they're so interesting <laughs> there's just so many and some I'm like well I guess you just go with it like no one questions the tortilla yeah. man or whatever no one questions tradition <laughs> which again that is a little bit of our platform here and what we want to like shy away from guys yes yeah. <laughs> so I'm like I love traditions as just as much as the next person but I also think there are times for change Yes, and speaking of change, we are rebranding and we're so excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we cannot wait. We have just this amazing cover art that we cannot wait to share and it will come super soon. Hopefully on this next episode next week, we will have brand new cover art. So make sure to look out for that. And in regards to this episode, we are super excited because we are diving into hockey again and we're on a completely different continent and we're talking to somebody <laughs> who is the sweetest, funniest person. I was telling Ashley that when I'm listening back to it to edit it, we were just like cracking up the whole episode. And so I'm sure you guys will be too because she is hilarious. She's a big advocate for the financial like budgeting and Dave Ramsey. And if even if you don't believe in what Dave Ramsey does, her tips are very, very doable and things that she is, you know, relaying to us in our audience. But the way she does it, I mean, I couldn't stop laughing. I literally so funny. Oh, it's so funny. And her personality (laughs) is just amazing. So she actually gave us a tour of her home like after we had finished the that interview and it's so different we might need to have her like actually record a walking tour so we can post on instagram to share with everyone and her commentary behind it was probably the best part (laughs) she's like oh look at this staircase there's like this staircase and yeah we'll have to do a tour because i want y'all to be able to understand what we're saying but the staircase is like super high angled yeah that they have to walk up steep staircase that it's like the staircase of death to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night so she was just cracking us up the whole episode and honestly she was just providing some insight into blending your finances together and even if you already are and 
you know, you and your spouse do share finances and maybe you feel like you've got a good grip on things. I think she just provides a completely different perspective of how to really budget and move forward and find out your priorities and like what's important to you as a couple in life and in finances. And so we are super excited for y'all to listen to Amy Sneath in the hockey world. Hello. Hey, welcome back. Favorite time of the week is back. Yes, we love interviewing people, so we're excited. Yes, and we do have a special guest, and she's in another time zone for sure, so we're going to let her, you know, take it away and introduce herself. Hey guys, I'm Amy Sneath, and I'm married to TJ Sneath, who is a professional hockey player in Sweden, which is why it is close to 11 p.m. right now while we're recording. (laughs) This is the second season of Pro, and our first year married, a little over our first year married. Um, We had a nice pandemic wedding in (laughs) May of 2020. So it was small, but perfect. And we met actually our freshman year of college, where we both played hockey at the same school in upstate New York. So did you think that you were going to be moving to a completely different country with hockey and all this? Or what did your journey at the beginning look like? No. So I went to school. I'm from California originally. So I went to school in New York all the way across the country. And my mom was terrified that I would meet some guy from the East Coast and he'd take me away. And funny enough, I met TJ through my roommate at the time who also played on the hockey team. And he actually grew up like 45 minutes from where I grew up. So we played at all the same rinks growing up. Like crazy that we never even crossed paths before we did. And then we did 3000 miles away from home. And so my mom's stoked because I met a guy that I loved from (laughs) California, 45 minutes away. And he ended up taking me further away (laughs) to a different (laughs) continent, but we're home for the summer. So it's kind of a hybrid situation for her. So she's okay with it. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, in the beginning, you never know obviously who you're going to meet and then who your person's going to be. And we always laugh. We're like, we would never be in Mississippi. Like that would never be our plan if we had it. No, <laughs> <Had> it originally <laughs> never where you choose. No. no, no. So you played hockey as well. And before we dive into all the crazy questions that we have, I want to know how that works with like hockey and both of y'all dating and having your own schedule and I mean did y'all talk about hockey on the first date like how was it it was a little nuts so we actually we have a very unique story of how we met but yeah it's definitely not common especially in California for girls to even play hockey there's Mm -hmm. like two organizations really um I think there's a couple more now which is great it's growing but not something you expect or that's super common So moving to New York, like, wasn't even a thought to me because I wanted to play college hockey. And I mean, the closest you get is like Wisconsin, I think. (laughs) So once you're on a plane, like, it doesn't really matter. Like you're on a plane, right? So I went to New York and like a month into my freshman year, I lived with another girl on the team, a goalie. And she said, hey, I met this guy on Tinder and he says he's from Cali. And you'll appreciate this because you're from California too. No, no one, one calls, calls it, it Cali. <laughs> right? Like, who says that? So I'm like, okay, BS. Like, that's not, there's no, like, he's lying. Like, he's trying to, like, you know, make a good impression, whatever. Because no, he's on the hockey team. He says he's from Cali. And I'm like, okay, like, I feel like I would know that by now if there was someone from California. 
on the hockey team. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, I wonder if I'm being catfished. And like, they just kind of been talking back and forth, like, you know, whatever. And so she said, hey, I think I'm going to meet him. But like, what if he's a psycho who's like lying about where he's from? Will you come with me? Oh, wow. And so I said, sure. And she's like, if it's off, like if it's going great, like just leave. So we meet him at the library, public, well-lit <laughs> library. Place, right? <laughs> what a great first date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I don't know if we really count this our first date because really it was like almost their first date. I don't know. And so we met up there and like, I was just grilling him. Like, where exactly are you from? <laughs> Like, what is your area code? <laughs> like, just grilling. I'm like, there's no way. Like, turns out he really is from Chino. And like, at the time, his screensaver on his phone was his front yard because it had all these palm trees <laughs> in it. And I'm like, there with my computer at the library. Very, like, not weird. Study date. So I'm Googling everything that he's saying. Because, of course, he was like an athlete, mm-hmm. like a small, like, it was a hockey school, right? Yeah. Like, you have, like, the bigger schools are, like, football schools. Oswego was, like, the hockey players ran the campus really right so whatever <laughs> and just came across so arrogant and had just come off of a really good season in juniors too which is for hockey the guys don't go straight from high school to college they play junior hockey first which I think is pretty unique yeah, yeah that is unique so they're all 21 as freshmen oh so they're always older really um, I didn't know that yeah so he was a 21 year old freshman and he's talking about all these like, oh yeah, I was MVP in my league in juniors, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, oh my God, who is this guy? Right. So I'm just totally grilling him. He thought I was like a total bitch the first time he met me because I was just in there like on a mission. Like, who is this guy? He's full of crap talking to my roommate, like whatever. Night progressed and my roommate didn't say much <laughs> in between us, just kind of like, I don't know. It was a weird vibe. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is the person I'm going to marry, but we definitely like had a banter going. And then we all ended up hanging out for like the whole night. They kept talking for a while, but nothing really like, there was no relationship there, Uh right? Like it wasn't going anywhere, but like she met him first. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, even though they kind of like pretty mutually decided, like there's just nothing here. I was like, it's my first month of college. I don't need to go like swoop in somewhere where someone's art. Like, you know, like I don't want to be labeled as that girl right away. And TJ, my husband, he was like, oh, wait, I want that roommate. <laughs> and so I don't know if you guys watch Seinfeld, but like we call it the roommate swap, right? Yes. So, like, he successfully pulled off the roommate swap, but it took him about four and a half months before I agreed. He's like, no, this is totally going to happen. <laughs> And I remember just being like, because I'm super stubborn, right? I was like, I don't know who you think you are, but any chance you had just went out the window with that comment right there, which he was right and he knows it and it's fine. That is so but, funny. Yeah. So much later, my roommate actually, after Christmas break was like, Amy, this is so painful to watch. Like you guys need to like, just go on a date already. Like, this is, you guys hang out all the time and say you're not dating. Like just pull the trigger and call it a date. Like call it what it is. And I was like, really? She's like, it's hard to watch. Just make it happen. (laughs) So at that point, I was like, all right, well, I guess it's time. This might be our best meet cue, I think, because it's just so funny. Like starting at the library and just, you're just basically third wheeling their date. Oh my gosh. Ends up being your husband, so. Yeah, who would have known? And that roommate ended up being my maid of honor at my wedding. 
Oh so my gosh. Yep. You take the cake. During the ceremony, like told the story of how we met. So I love that oh so God. much. She has an even funnier perspective on it, obviously. From that <laughs> story. So you playing hockey and him playing hockey, I bet you that's like kind of a cool thing that you have that in common, but I'm sure that provides some struggles as well because it's like you're probably really into the games. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, girlfriend, wife, land is always kind of like a weird spot, right? To like watch games with because you're always trying to like not say too much or like you don't want to criticize anyone. And then some girls are there and don't even know the rules. Some totally know the rule. Like there's always a wide spectrum, right? So you're always at like the beginning of seasons trying to kind of figure out like what's what, who knows what's going on, who's here just to get drunk, you know, like there's different vibes, right? And they're all like fun and different. You just kind of have to figure out who's who, I guess. I don't know. But I am there to like watch the game. Like I fully know what's going on. And TJ and I probably like not to a super healthy extent, like a little overboard, <laughs> like debrief games afterwards. Like he wants <laughs> my opinion and like values it so like I love that people talk about like oh I I always like know if my husband's happy or not like once I see them after the game and I'm like oh no I know on the when he's on the bench like I know (laughs) (laughs) I know during the game like oh boy it's gonna be a long night or you know whatever so yeah he comes home and we do like shift by shift analysis (laughs) oh my gosh which is great because we have it in common and I think it's good for him to kind of like have that sounding board after a game or or just be able to I don't know debrief it with someone who's watching it from his perspective right because coaches and fans and other players like they're watching the whole game right Mm -hmm. not just everything from TJ's perspective right Right. so it's nice but we can go a little (laughs) a little in depth (laughs) I think that that's good though because I feel like it's better to know what's going on and like the behind the scenes of everything and I just think all of that's great you're the girl that everyone's like okay what was that penalty like what's going on because Brittany and I do that to each other while I almost look at Brittany and I'm like what what was that like what was that flag help like you know so I think that's great and you know the whole topic of this episode that we are circling in on and we're going to get started because when you move in together you start working on finances and I know that you got the whole lifestyle of sports going on. And then now you're married and you're moved into a different country and you accumulate all the finances. So I want to know about that whole chapter of once you combined everything, how was that? I'm a big proponent of like the day you get married, you need to combine everything. And that's like, could be controversial to some people because I don't know, some people are like, well, you should always have something that's just yours or something that's just in your name. And like, once you're married, like you go from two people to be one and so even in the event of a divorce which is always kind of people's like oh well I want to have something just for me just in case Mm -hmm. right so in most states it's community property which means that it's literally split 50 50 regardless of whose like name it's in Mm -hmm. so even that argument isn't always actually accurate right Mm -hmm. because if you have the assets it doesn't matter where they are they're split right so not that that's like how you should operate in marriage yeah. it's like on the way out for divorce <laughs> but that's what people that's like the counter argument to it right so I really just believe like money represents everything else mm-hmm. right like your values are fully reflected in how you spend your money what you spend it on how much you save do you give money to charities do you and what kind of charities right like all aspects of money just represent everything else that's you value or that's important to you in your life. So you have to be on the same page 
with your spouse on what those values are, because that's going to be how you spend your money. Right. And the same thing goes for time, right? How we spend our time is, is exactly the same. It's what you value and what's most important to you. Right. And so in order to be on the same page, you have to just combine everything because it, just, it represents everything else. Right. So, and this is going to get into some Dave Ramsey stuff, which I'll be spewing for the remainder of this episode um, <laughs> because he's great. And if you haven't heard his name, Google him because like, he's really intense and a little bit like bonkers, but it just, it's so like rational. Yeah. It's yeah. just really simplified finance that makes sense to anyone. And his whole thing is like, you have to have a budget. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what that budget is. Even if you're making a million dollars a year, budget that million dollars because mm-hmm. otherwise you don't know where it goes. It just disappears, right? Like when you don't give money a name, that's one of his like catchphrases, give every dollar a name, tell it where you want it to go. Even if that's like, hey, all of this is going to Target. This is my Target <laughs> fund for the month, right? And that forces you to be really honest with yourself about what you actually spend yeah, and on what right? Like if you sit down and do a budget with your spouse and look back, well, what did we spend last month? Right. And what do we spend our money on? And like go through the bank statements and see what did you spend your money on? Where did it go to? And then how can you adjust that? It forces you to be accountable to what you're actually spending money on. Mm -hmm. Like, shoot, how much did we spend on going out to eat last month? Which by the way, restaurants are like my love language. So COVID was hard for me. Okay, so I feel like that's tough, though, because a lot of people have shame in mm-hmm. things that they spend money on. And especially as women, I feel I feel this way. And so I'm sure other people do as well. Like, I know I spend a lot of money on my hair and I'm just going to tell yeah. everybody I spend a lot of money on my hair. So yeah. if my boyfriend, we haven't we're not married yet, but if I mean, he knows how much I spend now on it. But like at the beginning, that was like a really big shock factor for him. And I think yeah. some other things that I spend money on or that he spends money on, you know, that you're kind of figuring that out and you get married yeah. and you're just like, holy crap, you spend a thousand dollars on Starbucks yeah. every month, you know, yeah. like I think yeah. that's like a scary thing. So how did you kind of break that barrier of like being able to be open with what you're spending money on every month? Yeah. I mean, I think it's vulnerable, right? Like to what you're saying, to be, to be honest, even with yourself, like if you're single, to be honest with yourself and say, what do I spend in a month? And how do I feel about that? Mm-hmm. Like you said, I spent a lot of money on my hair. I was blonde for four years in college. Loved it. Miss being blonde. <laughs> it won. It was so much hassle. Yeah. It's like, I'm very much not blonde. So like the roots would grow out. Like it was just, it was a mm-hmm. constant battle. And we moved even in college. We transferred schools halfway through together, went from New York to Pennsylvania like you can't trust anyone with blonde, you know, no. this. yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So, and trying new people is just hard because it's expensive and then you hate it. So then you have to go get someone to fix it. Yeah. I would drive four and a half hours to keep my same hairdresser in Syracuse, New York. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I and get if it. If anyone needs a recommendation in the Syracuse area, I've got one for you. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. So it was partly like a hassle and it was also like the amount of money that it costs. Like after, like that was in college when you have no real expenses. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like post-college and then in Europe, it was too much of a hassle and money was a factor, right? You have to be honest with you and say, no, this is important to me. Like I love my hair and I want it to be like this. And so this is how much I spend on it. And I feel good about that. Right. So yeah. it first starts with you and then your husband's probably going to have something or your boyfriend's going to have something that they spend too much air quotes money on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My husband has every hobby you can think of, (laughs) every hobby in the world. Like 
He fishes. That's not cheap. He collects Pokemon cards, yeah. which is a whole flipping side business. I don't know what to call it. I can't really call it side business, but there's there's value. So um, <laughs> like he spends his money in ways that I look at and go, what? Like you spent what on fishing crap? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you spent what on what? And so you're going to have that both ways. So I think you have to just one, be honest with yourself to be vulnerable enough with this is the person that you love. And obviously that's not going to come up on a first date, right? This is <laughs> into the relationship. Even before you're married, if you have two separate budgets or whatever, if you think separate, you can still, as you're moving towards marriage and your relationship is obviously serious, you're living in Mississippi, you know, you can have <laughs> well, those conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you have those conversations and, and then you learn like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what hair costs as no guy would or does. does. Yeah. We budget everything like line items, like here's our grocery budget. Here's our giving budget for this month. Here's what we're going to spend on going out, whatever. And then we actually have two, we call it like our his and hers funds where a certain amount of money each month just goes into each of those. And we don't have to like answer to the other person for that money. So that's what I would spend on like, oh, I need makeup or my target runs or your hair or whatever that like, it has no real effect on the other person. Like that's my stuff and that's his stuff. And it's never going to make sense to either of us. And that's not a huge portion of our budget, but it's kind of like our fun things. Like we don't have to talk to each other about it. So I said, don't separate your money. <laughs> I see his account. He sees my, like, it's not a secret or like hidden yeah. away. It's just like allocated separately, yeah. I guess. But that's kind of like, a solution to that too of like no I don't have to justify this to anyone like this is just spent on my nails yeah I like that spend on Mm -hmm. jeans whatever Mm -hmm. yeah so to get to this point this is a lot of knowledge that you have right here so in the beginning was this always the outlook or like did y'all have debt that you had to take care of together how did you learn all this wisdom that you're sharing right now (laughs) well thanks for calling it wisdom like growing up my dad's an accountant So he's like a money nerd, obviously. And so like money was talked about a lot in my house. Like, hey, here's how much things cost. In fifth grade, I wanted a laptop and like no fifth grader really (laughs) needs a laptop, right? Like it was just something I want, especially then, right? Like now maybe you could do schoolwork on or something, but then like it was purely just like, I don't know why I wanted it, but I wanted it. And so my parents like made a deal with me. If you save up half, we'll pay for the other half kind of a thing. So they instilled some like saving kind of budgeting, I don't know, knowledge in me. So I wasn't like totally oblivious. And there's a really good book that Dave Ramsey's daughter actually wrote, Rachel Cruz. It's called Know Yourself, Know Your Money. And I read it really to relate to other people that grew up differently than I did. And so she talks about there being four money classrooms. And one is like mine where money was talked about and it wasn't stressed about. Like it was just kind of, hey, here's how things are. And then there's a money classroom of, it was talked about, but only in a really stressful way. Like, oh my gosh, this bill came and oh my gosh, whatever. And how that like affects you as a child and, and really impacts how you view money and how you think about money. And then there was, it was never talked about and never worried about. So you just kind of lived oblivious. Those are the kids that like grow up and they're like, what? I don't know what anything costs. I just wipe the card and you know what I mean? Like you just don't know because you haven't done it yet. And then there's the, it isn't talked about, it's hush hush, but it's very stressful. Like, oh, you don't need to worry about it, but like you feel and absorb the stress. So I was in the first money classroom of, it was talked about a lot and like in an okay way, like this is just, this is how life works and this is 
you handle it and you budget and you do all these things. Then in college, I found Dave Ramsey accidentally on YouTube and started watching some of his stuff. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. A lot of it, like his whole message is, hey, live below your means, right? And so it doesn't really matter how much money you make. It's the margin between the money you make and the money you spend. Mm -hmm. And like, I grew up in Orange County, California. A lot of people, very wealthy, as in they make a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but they also spend that much or more, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean there's actually any money there. And so you can make, you know, $50,000 a year. If you spend 30, you're doing great, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's all in the margin, not so much in what the actual income is. And so that's kind of his principles and like contentment and being okay with actually spending what you have. So I found that along with his debt payoff stuff. And I knew that TJ had student loans Mm -hmm. and I didn't have any student loans. And so I wanted to get rid of those as fast as possible because I'm kind of a math nerd, got that from my dad a little bit. And so I know how interest works and it drives me nuts. (laughs) Like I want interest to be working for me and not against me. Like you look at these debt payoff plans for student loans that are like, you know, you pay them for the next 30 years. And if you look at the number that you actually pay over that 30 years, it's incrementally so much more, like double or triple what your actual balance was. And that money just is like gone, right? And that like just mentally drove me bananas. Like I couldn't hand, like I didn't want to pay them a dime more than I had to. TJ and I were kind of on the same page with that. And that was before we got engaged my senior year or our senior year. And so we knew that when we got married, we wanted to like crush those as fast as possible. Insert COVID. So TJ actually didn't play hockey last year because several leagues in the U.S. didn't play. The NHL did. It was very delayed. But like the lower leagues, some of them didn't play. Some of them played condensed season. Sometimes only some of the teams played. Europe had different changing rules and visas and trying to get over places. And it was just so many people didn't have jobs last year in hockey and probably all sports. Right. And so that was really hard for us because we knew, Hey, this is his dream. And he had done it for a year and we were like, what, what do we do? Like, this is your dream, but also we need to like, start life at the same like we can't just do absolutely nothing for a year so he and I'm really proud of this which is why I bring this up totally swallowed his pride recognized he was not going to be getting on a team at pretty much Christmas time it was like hey there was no chance now he we had a family friend who was a manager at a car dealership and TJ went and sold cars for six months to provide and to put a dent in those loans. I was working because I teach online. So business was great for me last year, obviously. (laughs) But so I had a job that was like developing because it's my own business. And so I was kind of getting off the ground last year and he just like went to work and it was miserable. Like he was working 40 hours a week while also still training for hockey in the mornings. And that was a really hard season for us. First year of marriage, A, we were living with my parents which is no one's dream ever, (laughs) (laughs) which we thought like we live with them in the summers, which is normally like four months. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the time you're gone or you're on trips or whatever, like, and my parents are awesome. Like they make it really easy, but it's no one's dream to be living with their parents for their entire first year of marriage. Right. Like that's just 
not aspirational, but it was where we were at. And they were gracious enough to let us stay there, which was awesome. And so he would train in the mornings. I would teach. He would come home, shower, change, eat lunch, and then go to work and come home from selling cars at like 9 p.m. and do it all again. And I started working at 7 a.m. So I would go to bed early and we literally would have like an hour and a half together at night. And it was so freaking hard. I can't even tell you about it. But we knew like, this is not forever. This is not the rest of our lives. But all of that money, and I mean all, like we did nothing fun, which it wasn't that hard because it was COVID. So not a lot of fun things were happening anyways. But like, we didn't go on trips. We didn't go out to eat or like take out whatever. We did nothing. Like we went on TJ's family has a, like a lake house. So they go on trips there, which luckily was like a trip you were allowed to take during COVID. And we literally like, they would all go out to eat for dinner and we would go back to the house a couple of trips and like made our own dinner because we had no money to spend. Every single extra dollar went to his student loans and we ended up paying off $40,000 in like 10 months. Wow. Which oh my gosh. was crazy. To me, I would be so overwhelmed seeing that number of what I had to pay off. And it's a good thing that you come from a family that talked about money because I don't, of course, I don't think that's the case. And I know that even in my household growing up, I did not have student loans. And I think that, you know, I'm very fortunate and I know that I'm very, you know, fortunate to have loans, but having a significant other that has that debt, how did you feel about that? Like when it was brought up and he's like, Hey, I'm going to have like 30 or 40 grand that I have to pay off. Did that kind of, I mean, set you back for a second and be like, Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think we were lucky in that I kind of knew that and was like prepared for that while we were in college. Um, because after his soft, well, after our sophomore year, we transferred schools. And so in that process, we were both applying and getting aid packages and figuring out if we could go. Um, and so through that, like I found out, Oh, you already have this much. And I'm like doing the math on it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But you also just, I mean, I think I was fairly financially aware even as like a sophomore in college, but you don't have like, what is $40,000, right? Like that's a big number. And we just, we didn't have any idea of like, well, what would we make when we got out of college or what would we, and I think that that happens to a lot of people and they just borrow like exorbitant amounts of money and not realizing like, wait, how long is that actually going to take to pay off? Yeah, I could, I could handle the money that I received or that I made really well, but like big numbers are just big numbers, right? Like, I don't know, what's the difference between 10,000 and 40,000? It kind of sounds the same, not the same, right? Not the same. And thank goodness that he didn't graduate. I mean, I have so many friends and know people that graduate with like $100,000. And, and it's just, and it's overwhelming. So the only option in my mind is to just attack it because you can't live with that forever, right? Like, it's just always there and you're making these payments and it like, it, you feel it, right? Like it's heavy. I just, we went after it because I didn't want it to be around and I didn't want to pay more than 40. 40 was enough, you know? <laughs> I feel like you have such a math mindset because for me, I have student loans and I'm like, eh, 
are going to be there forever. So I guess I should take your advice and really hone in on that because I'm like, I'm just going to have them forever. How do you turn down fun things or things with friends that friends can do? Because for me, that is a really hard part. I have really, really bad FOMO. I've had it since I was a baby. Like my mom could not get me down for a nap. Like I don't want to miss out. (laughs) So I would love to attack my student loans but then I have you know this wedding and this bachelorette and I have to go do this and I have to go do that so how do you kind of separate like things that you want to do for fun and then things that you can afford part of it is it's not always even a no I can't do that but how can I do that right like how could I make that possible right and that's a total mindset thing of like well could I get an extra job like I have a wedding coming up and I know there's going to be a bachelorette in Nashville and there's going to be the dress and the makeup and all this. Like, I know that's going to be a lot of money. So what can I do extra? Can I pick up extra shifts in whatever job I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Or can I do extra so that that doesn't just burden me at least to offset the cost of some of those things a little bit, like something like bigger like that, right? Like a wedding or like a trip that you want to go on with some friends or a fa- even a family vacation, right? those things, they don't just pop up, right? Like Christmas is coming. We all know that, right? (laughs) It's not like a surprise when it gets here. So like save up for it a little bit every month instead of just going, shoot, it's December or it's November and it's Cyber Monday and I gotta be on that, right? Like, you know, it's coming. So like get a little Christmas budget going now, right? Where you say like, okay, I'm gonna put away a hundred dollars this month or this week or whatever your number is. And then say, hey, I'm gonna spend this dollar amount on Christmas this year. Like that's something you can control or a trip. You know how much it's going to cost, right? Like, okay, well, here's what the hotel is going to be or Here's what the flights are going to be. And you can kind of plan for that ahead of time, a little bit at a time. And then know, like, you don't have to feel bad about it when it comes, right? Cause you want to be able to enjoy things when they're actually there and not go, Oh shoot. Like, let me put this on a credit card and like, I'll figure it out later because that you feel too, right? It's the same thing as the loans. Like you have a lot of fun on that trip. And like on the plane ride home, you're like, oh boy, what's the damage? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even just emotionally and mentally, like it's better to just plan for it beforehand than be able to fully enjoy that vacation or that whatever thing is. But also for us, we knew it was temporary. And a part of our like no fun policy was like- No fun policy. (laughs) I kind of joke, but not really. Was like, let's make this as short as possible. Yeah. And we did it in 10 months. And 10 months is just not that long. No. And during COVID, perfect time. Yeah. And COVID's been, you know, two years now. <laughs> we can do anything for a short period of time. And if you're really aggressive about it, you can see like for us, it was almost a game. Like we originally, our goal was to have it paid off by our first wedding anniversary. And then we kept like going, oh, shoot. Well, we just got that stimulus check or, oh, we got some money from our wedding or I got birthday money or hey, I got this extra job that we had no idea what it was going to make. And it's actually better than we thought. And then it's like, oh, wait, we could do it a month sooner. And we can do it a month sooner. And we can do it a month sooner. And it's almost like a game. And obviously you can tell I'm a nerd by that. But like, (laughs) it's a game kind of like, make it tolerable for yourself. It doesn't need to be the most painful experience in the world. But it's also being creative about, hey, how else can we have date night other than going to a steakhouse? Let's stay home and play games. Or let's drive down to the beach and like watch the sunset and get a coffee. How much I spend on restaurants is appalling. (laughs) Like I have to manage myself because otherwise like I'd eat out every night. I never want a home cooked meal. I don't need it. I don't want it. (laughs) 
I never need one. Yeah, I eat at home because I have to, right? And so many social things are like, oh, let's go out to eat. Let's grab lunch. Well, instead of that, why don't you say like, hey, come over mm-hmm. or hey, let's go for a walk or like what else can you do to still have time with friends and still, you know, have community around you and build connections, but you're not spending money or as much money to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're just so knowledgeable of all of that because I think that it it is a lot of just I feel like you also have to communicate with the people around you. Like I feel like with your friends, like I would definitely look at Brittany and be like, Hey, I'm just trying to be good this month. So do you mind if we just like cook here or like do something? I feel like yeah, your friends mm-hmm. would be so supportive of that. But I want to ask with not doing anything for 10 months, how did you keep that bitterness? Because I don't know, I feel like with combining finances, it took me a long time to be like, not that's yours and this is mine. So I yeah. feel like when no fun, no dates, no, no nothing. I It's not no dates. I shouldn't say that. Like we did like go to a restaurant every now and then. It just wasn't twice a week or three times a week, right? Like it was, we saved up and then we cherished it more when we were actually there. We lived with my parents. We got out of the house, I promise. <laughs> Like we had time together, but those things can be, Hey, let's watch a movie tonight and make popcorn and just hang out at home. Or, Hey, let's go get together with these people and just go over to their house. Let's go out, but just for dessert. So it's kind of partially getting creative about it. And then it's also, this is not forever. And you have to have the purpose of like, we were doing this because like with debt, especially in the lifestyle we lead, like it's not normal, any part of it especially finances like and it might be slightly different for coaches but overall not really right like the job security is low so you never (laughs) know what's gonna happen (laughs) one year to the next so we didn't want like to me it's a total security blanket of we don't have any payments to anyone like we're currently saving up to buy my husband a truck I married a truck guy never thought that would happen (laughs) And like, we're going to buy it for cash because I don't want to make car payments and then have him get injured, be unemployed, who knows, and be scrambling and go, oh my gosh, I owe $500 to Hyundai Motors, whatever, (laughs) you know, like that's stressful. So I'd rather make the car payment to myself in advance because I cannot pay myself if shit hits the fan. Whereas like, if I owe that to someone else, like, uh, Panic is totally different. And whenever my husband's career ends, he's not going to do this for the next 30 years, right? Like I look at my parents, my mom was a teacher. My dad was an accountant. My dad's going to make, you know, 3% more every year until he retires. Like my husband's not going to play hockey for the next 30 years. It's not possible. Right? So at some point there's an end to that. And that leads to a transition that is going to be hard on him emotionally. I don't need it to also be stressful financially especially when we don't really like you can plan and hope that it's at this point or when he's ready and when I'm ready but you never know and so I like the security of just being like we're good no matter what happens insert COVID I want to be good the next time COVID happens or whatever the next thing is because there's always going to be something that's just out of your control so I'd like to have as much in my control as possible Yeah, I love that too, because I think it's really hard in this industry. We were actually just talking about this on a different episode about how 
you can get fired at any moment and, you know, you can get let go and released and, you know, you don't have that next income for them. And so having that security blanket is definitely important and having that base. What would you say is like your first tip for somebody building a budget or somebody that has no idea going into this and they're like, what is a budget? What is your first step for somebody in that situation? TJ and I plan out like, hey, we're going to talk. We're going to have our like monthly budget meeting on this day. And I tell him that like a couple days in advance. He never knows what day it is. So I tell him, (laughs) hey, month's over. Like, let's look. Because A, every month is not going to be the same. Because there's things. There's birthdays. There's Christmas. There's a trip. There's whatever, right? So you can't just say like, this is what I'm always going to spend on groceries. Like, okay, well, November's Thanksgiving. So maybe your grocery budget's going to be a little higher. Or maybe you're going to be out of town. So your grocery budget's going to be lower, but eating out is going to be higher. Whatever it is, right? So you look at what's upcoming. And then literally go through and you can Google or Pinterest like sample budget for the month, right? Because they'll give you things that you're like, oh shoot, I forgot we have to pay for that. Like, oh yeah, cell phones. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever, right? And if you just start the month and say, hey, here's what we're gonna do and look at what you've spent. And that's the hard part of like, you have to just be vulnerable with it and look and be honest, what did I spend last month? And then how do I feel about that? Like, oh, actually that's great, right? everyone spends more on groceries whatever you think you spend on groceries like double it like groceries are so expensive and I still feel like we never have food in the house you know like it's just the never-ending battle of like I go grocery shopping I'm pissed at how much I spend I come home and there's nothing to eat like it's horrible (laughs) so you go line by line and your first budget is gonna suck because you just don't know and you're gonna get things wrong and like give yourself grace to go oh man, I forgot about that bill. Or we spent all our money going out to eat already. I forgot that every Friday we get pizza with these people. Shoot. Do I tell them, hey, we can't go this week? Or do we flex our budget and maybe take it from somewhere else and reassign it? Like it doesn't have to be the law. And for me, like I'm a saver. I identify as a saver. (laughs) My husband is a spender. So we view things differently for me and anyone else who's, who's a saver or ever has guilt attached to money for me, like that budget, that's mine that I can spend on nails or makeup, or I'm not that girly. I don't know why these things keep coming up, but like whatever I want, right. Restaurants. Yeah. Restaurants, extra restaurant money, probably more accurate. Like I can do that. And it gives me permission to spend that money and not feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it that way of like, oh man, I have this money and I can spend it. I don't have to feel bad about it later. I don't have to justify it later. I don't have to like, the budget isn't as restrictive as it is like, you make it. So make it whatever you want and whatever you think is reasonable. Like our first month of groceries, we were like, oh boy, wow, that was not even close, (laughs) you know? And so then the next month you adjust it, right? So it's, it's going to take probably three or four months before you get a budget that you're like, okay, this works. This feels okay. I can figure this out. And part of that's probably getting more creative on shopping for groceries or doing some date nights at home or changing lifestyle, as well as your numbers are going to be more accurate to your lifestyle, right? Because my budget isn't going to work for you. Your budget isn't going to work for me in my life. So it just give yourself grace with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, this was so helpful. I just, I love that you were so open about it because it's an awkward conversation. And Brittany and I were just chatting about this before we even started this episode is 
money it's personable and then there's parts of you where you're like I don't want to share like what I spent on certain things but you have to when you're with your significant other and even in the sports industry like for football for us it's different for every sport is there is extreme so there is like the really really high salary and then there is low low salary everyone else (laughs) yeah and then you have to make it work so we appreciate you coming on here and just sharing knowledge and, you know, just being open. And we always ask this question on every interview and we're going to leave it as the last question we ask. But if you could go back in time and tell yourself a piece of advice in this industry, whether it be finance related or hockey world related, what would it be? Well, I'm not like that seasoned in it. It's our second season, but I'll go back to college. I will say in college, there was a really good group of girlfriends on the hockey team and they were super close and they drive in together. Some went to the school, some didn't, and they were a pretty tight knit group. And I was like, I'm not a hockey girlfriend. I'm a hockey player, right? Like I have my team. Like I would go to TJ's games with my team because they were often after our games. Right. So it was like, I didn't embrace that group and Since then, I've been on teams where there are no other women, and it's hard. And this year, we're super lucky that there's a really good group of even imports, because most of the people that TJ's on a team with, even if they have spouses or girlfriends or whoever, English isn't their first language. So to have, like this year, such a group of imports that's really tight, I value it so much. And so I wish I would have known the value of that earlier and really jumped into the community before like we're a team too in our own way and this life's insane so <laughs> we need those people that get it because so many people don't and even like people that I follow on Instagram or follow me on Instagram that I don't even really know that well or maybe I've met once or twice that like I talk to and I know that they get it and even that is so nice so anyone that ever wants to reach out to me just for like the companionship feel free of course because I didn't value it enough originally and so that's what I would say I'm totally relate with you on that one too so thank you for sharing and would you share your Instagram handle so that people can find you and then I know you also have a business so you can share that as well and we'll put in the show notes my Instagram is amy underscore sneath 22 And my business, I'm a virtual teacher for my company does math and language arts classes for third graders through fifth graders right now called Moxie Learning. And you can find us on OutSchool or Instagram. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time.